You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. A, 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 a Giants podcast for Giants fans. By Giants fans. It's Sean Morash and Tommy Lugauer. Down the sideline, into the end zone. From the offseason, through the wins and the losses, it's time to take one, one, one giant, giant step, step. One giant step. It's Sean Morash and Tommy Lugauer, episode three of One Giant Step here. Downloadable everywhere podcasts are available. Your Spotify, your iTunes, of course, the Odyssey app. This is a product of Odyssey and WFAN at Mraz CBS, where you can find me on Twitter, at Tommy Lugar, where you can find Tommy. Hello, back from a trip to Cali, 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 Cali. I I am. I'm back from California, and uh, where I didn't see a cloud for five days, and then, of oh, course, when I flew nice. home, it was super cloudy, and I heard a honk within 10 seconds. Bro, the, it's the craziest thing. Like, L.A., you think all this traffic, all these people, and it does have that. They don't honk their horns. You could sit there at a red light and read the yellow pages if that still exists, and no one will honk at you. It's so weird coming from New York where within three seconds of a light turning green, someone will honk at you. So that was such like a crazy I was almost like making like trying to make people honk at me. But it happened right when I got right, right when I landed in Newark within 10 seconds, you know, some like like an Uber driver or whatever was honking at somebody uh, outside the airport. So it's good to be back home. Not really, but uh, just something you say. So, but uh, it's good yeah. to be back talking with you. If nothing, uh, yeah, for sure. And I will say thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, we have so many fresh subscribers, downloads. I was very happy with the early numbers I saw for just the first week drop. Of course, you know, my mom only has so many devices she could download the podcast and subscribe <laughs> to it. So I'm very, right. I'm very thankful for everybody, plus my mom who did that, obviously. <laughs> Uh, and I will say, if you're a first week subscriber now, you're like, hey, guys, why am I getting now the third episode on a Thursday? I thought this was coming out every Monday and Friday. Look, we launched this. The next week was a holiday week. Tommy, as we just mentioned, was away on vacation. The 4th of July was a Monday. So, newsflash, we, like the rest of society, take vacations. It just so <laughs> happened the company wanted to make sure we launched this before the 4th of July, which we could have waited to launch it after. But I'm just giving you a little background. We're not going to be this inconsistent, especially during the season. You're going to get game recaps. You're going to get game intros. We are still in that off-season period, which, by the way, the Giants have announced they're doing, I think, anywhere between 12 to 14 open practices, which is huge. They didn't do training camp open to the public a year ago, and they are going to bring back FanFest. So for all those Giants fans listening, you get to see the Giants in the Brian Dable era down at training camp. I haven't been to training camp since like 2019. At that time I went, I guess that was when I went with either Maggie and Bart, Carlin and Maggie, some combination with the fan then. 
Um, actually, it was during not even the Joe Judge era, so it was probably the Pat Shermer era. Boy, that was that was a time. Me and Carlin running the forty down uh, down the field. That was I beat oh. him. Yeah, beat for, him. forty inches. You're not running forty <laughs> yards no, in the heat good. of August. No, you didn't. Yeah, it was it was sloppy. No, there was video. I did it, and there's I beat video? it. Video. All right. Video. Yeah, there's video. If there's proof, I'll believe it. Yeah, there's definitely video. So, and by the way, big big takeaway I had that year in training camp to use the facility and use the bathroom we were in with the media. Mm-hmm. They go through the cafeteria. Okay. Boy, what a nice cafeteria! But it really does bring you back to school. Yeah. Like it reminded me of high school in the junior high. Right. You have these like you assume that the players in between maybe they grab a protein shake, but like the chef is cooking them omelets right in front. They sit just like we would in high school in like this cafeteria. That's like a buffet. I mean, that's the best way to describe it. You think you're back in school, and here are the New York Giants, some of which millionaires. Holding the trays just like we would. We would. I'll take the apple. I'll take the chocolate milk. What are we Sloppy Joe. Or, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now they have higher quality food for sure, sure. And stuff. It yeah. made to order, but I was kind of shocked by that. Now, have you have you ever been in the facility? I, I have not, and I'm wondering if they have like the cool kids table, like the quarterback, the running back, and then like the punter sitting in the corner, basically on Tinder or whatever he's doing. <laughs> like, like, do they separate it that kind of like you know high school is, or did you feel like everybody was mingling? So. It kind of felt like position groups for sure, but there was sure. definitely some mingling. It was a time where practice had ended, and before they were going to run out a bunch of interviews, I just had to run and use the restroom. And uh, I'll never forget this. Our friend Steve Apria, who does a great job of engineering at WFN, does so many remote broadcasts oh, on WFA and behind the scenes. A legend for sure. I'm running in to use the restroom. You know, maybe I grab a ginger ale. And there's Steve basically next to Riley Dixon piling <laughs> up the plate. You know, I'll take a turkey sandwich. I'll do this. I'll do that. The guy had to think he was some kind of wing special teamer. And it was just so perfect. There we are. And here's our engineering guy next to the special teamers online for all the food. It was, it was just unbelievable. But yeah. that, that was my last trip to training camp. So I'm happy to see the fans get back there. No, I'm, I'm glad for the tip because, uh, I mean, it's not official yet, but I believe we will be going out there, Craig and Evan Carton and Roberts on WFN. We are, you know, there's at least scuttlebutt talk that we'll be doing a show from training camp. So I'm definitely looking forward to the, 98 degree heat and humidity as I eat an apple in the cafeteria. <laughs> One of the times I went, so this would be the year before that. So we had 2021, 2019. So yeah. I went two years in a row. 2018 was so hot, Ugh. so hot when I was there. And I, I went as a fan when I was younger in Albany. I had never been to the quest diagnostics, the way the fans flood in, they do a good job with the bleachers and there's, you know, basically a merchandise stand. And it is a really cool, if you're a diehard and have never gone and experienced it, it's a cool way to experience the game and see practices and get a feel and get close to the players. You're not going to a game. So that's a little different. If you're mainly a game guy, you have to understand it's just, it's different, but it's cool. It can be cool, but it was blistering hot. I mean, it must've been a hundred, 102 degrees. It was one of those hot, 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 hot days. And we went, and I was a little nervous at the time because I had never done the media training camp. So I showed up in a long sleeve shirt. I was just about to ask you what you wore. I, again. I got laughed at. Carlin was there. Bart wasn't there this year. It was definitely Carlin and Maggie that year. Okay. And they looked like, what are you doing? And everybody there was in nice shorts. Uh, you know, Pat Hanlon of the Giants had come over and I was sweltering. So luckily I had shorts. I ran back to the car. By the end of the, the players had stopped doing interviews. We had done a ton. And we had about an hour and a half left of the broadcast. And basically, the place is becoming a ghost town. Then you'll notice that afternoon drive if you tape a bunch of interviews and whatnot. But you got to continue the broadcast, right? So it's like the last hour and a half. I am down to doing the show in my under tank top. 
and my shorts basically rolled up. Uh, and I'll just <laughs> use the word nut huggers. That's essentially what I was <laughs> basically hammer. in by the end. And I just, I was drenched, drenched. Hour 45 minute drive back to Long Island after that. And on my way home, got hit with a brutal thunderstorm. That's how humid it was. Hail, everything. Oh, it my. was it was awful. Only to be followed up, only to be followed up, by the way, with a terrible giant season. Just a te- it was the first year of Shermer. Just another, yeah, it had to have been another terrible long line of this Giants run. So be prepared. And if you're heading out there, you have to buy tickets or get tickets ahead of time. I think they're free, but register. So that was announced by the Giants. But be prepared on those hot days. I'm not telling you not to go. I'm just telling you, be prepared because it is miserably hot in that blistering sun. So real positive. I'm giving the giant fans who might head out there. Well, again, and a little inside baseball here as a producer, you know, you're kind of caught between because like a host can kind of show up in rip jeans, flip flops and, uh, you know, mustard stains on their shirt. Nobody cares. Whereas a producer, you feel that like pressure to sort of like look presentable. So you right. want to wear like a long sleeve of collar pants, but like sometimes you have to just like choose like comfort over like nobody's going to care. Yeah. You know, the well, that's the kind of event. May look at you weird, but like it, it doesn't matter. Like you can't be like. Beat re- but here's the thing: you're not really near the beat reporters. You're not. Yeah, you could walk fair. the sideline as I did for a little bit of practice before the show started. Well, when you're you going for a tinkle or a sandwich in the cafeteria, but they're all they in they're all in nice shorts and Giants polos and everything. Right. Anyway, it is not it is not what you'd expect. So, just a little tip: and anybody going out there as a fan, again, you, you're not going to relate to me at you know the beer pong table uh, setup where we do the show, but <laughs> blistering. When it gets hot there, it gets hot, hot. So that's interesting. And again, the cafeteria scene, interesting. Now, big news of the NFL uh, as we produce this and put this out. Uh, this will be available for download Thursday morning. If you're listening to this a little later, you listen to this a little later. All we care is that you listen. Baker Mayfield, Tommy, traded to the Carolina Panthers. A deal that felt like we were waiting and waiting and waiting. Would it be Seattle? Would it be Carolina? Would he find a way somehow to, you know, come back to Cleveland as we awaited the Sean Watson news, but he gets traded to the Carolina Panthers, which you may find this shocking. You may not has a ton of different giants tentacles that we could sink. Well, you wouldn't sink your teeth into tentacles, but the tentacles are going to wrap around the giants here and we'll kind of go about it. Number one, first and foremost, as it pertains to the 2022 season. All right. We are going to go through training camp and we are going to, find a way or I will find a way to try to hang on to positives and paint you a picture of what if this happened, this happened, this happened, this happened. Can the Giants miraculously find their way into the playoffs? Tommy will probably tell you why I'm crazy and why that won't happen. And this conversation's irrelevant. What I will tell you and what I think we can all agree with is this. The NFC for sure, for sure, has the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Rams, and the Packers as playoff teams. I think that's very safe to say for sure. Would you agree I, with that? I would put, yes, and I would put the 49ers in there as well. See, I'm not ready to do that, only from the standpoint of, I just don't know what Trey Lance is yet. Now, some would have the argument back with me that the Niners themselves know what they had in Jimmy G, know what they had in Trey Lance, and they're telling you as a team that was in the NFC Championship game that Trey Lance makes them better. So I could, if that's the argument, I understand that. But how could I put a quarterback I really haven't seen before? In the place, what if he just hits a ton of bumps, throws them out of a couple games, and they don't make it? And he might, but look at that team with Jimmy G at quarterback. Now, you know, I, I Lance get it. could be Jimmy G, and they would still be in the playoffs. If he's even better, then, then we're off and running. I'll, I'll at the very least give you this. Right. Either the Niners or the Cardinals will be in the playoffs this year, if not both. 
Yeah, okay. I like the Cardinals more than most. I know a lot of people are down on them. I, I like Kyler and I like what they do there, but I, but that's fair. Either one, I think we'll get in. For Either sure. one, if not both. And the, right. I'm just doing this for an exercise of of proving a point here. The NFC East will have a division winner. Conventional wisdom would tell you it should be the Cowboys, but I don't think it would surprise anybody if it's the Eagles and Mike McCarthy yeah. collapses. Uh, the Cowboys run into injuries as they seem to do every other year, and Sean Payton's the coach of the Cowboys next year. You know, Cowboy misery. None of that would surprise us. No, but the NFC East will need a winner, and let's just say it's not the Giants. We'll we'll be non-homers here, and it's not the Giants, right? So that that gives me five playoff teams. I've given you either the Niners or the Cardinals. I've given you the NFC East winner, and I gave you the other three big teams. We need to round out these playoffs with seven teams in the NFC, which is where as this summer goes along, I will make a Giants case, Lou Gower, that, hey, things could break their way. Dable, new offense, functional offensive line. They end up scoring a bunch of points. They win nine games. They end up as, you know, the Eagle team of last year. I, I'm not ready to do that yet, but I will find a way to make that case. The reason this ties into Baker Mayfield is this. I think Carolina sees this. I think Matt Rule sees this. I think they're not dummies. This isn't the AFC where it's so quarterback heavy. Do you feel that much better about the Carolina Panthers taking a potential backdoor playoff spot away from the Giants now that they have Baker Mayfield? Like, I viewed Carolina, who the Giants play in week two, as a game. You know what? I think the Giants win that game. Now the Giants play them in week two. Not only do I look at that and go, hmm, I don't know now, but I also question whether I should be taking away a playoff spot and actually expecting Carolina with Baker Mayfield to make the playoffs, which maybe that's a little nuts. Yeah, it's so tough, bro. I honestly don't think this, like Donald sucks. All right, that's being, I'm not even going to sugarcoat it. He's he's awful. Uh, I don't know how much better the Panthers are with, with Baker Mayfield. I mean, when we saw all these quarterbacks going here, there, everywhere, he was kind of left. You know what I mean? It was like musical chairs, and he was kind of left standing there. Nobody really seemed to want this guy. Now, Carolina takes him because Sam Darnold is so bad, but Christian McCaffrey hasn't been healthy. I don't think the team's very good, and we've seen the good and the bad from Baker Mayfield. Okay, he was hurt last year, whatever. So I don't think you insert a Baker Mayfield into Carolina, and that makes this team where I'm worried about them stealing a playoff spot from the Giants. I just look at it this way. I felt really good when I played the win, loss, win, loss, loss. Which is so tough to do because we we have no idea what's happening in the NFL. So it's right. I I can play doing it, but it's tough. They could play a team whose quarterback gets hurt the week before and it happens all the time, right? So it is so dumb to do. But at least I kind of like to look at September and have an Mm. early read on the schedule. And I really did. I circled Carolina and I said, the Giants should win that game. If, if things have changed around Brian Dable, and we think that Daniel Jones is at least healthy, forget being competent in September. Remember, week two last year, they're in Washington, slinging it all over the place, terrible yep. loss. But that's the kind of game you're looking at early in the season where if the Giants lost to Carolina week two, and I'm forgetting week one for a second, could they beat Tennessee? Sure. Will they probably lose? Sure. But the point being, if you don't want your seasons eliminated by Halloween, as they have so often for the Giants the last five to ten years, Carolina Week 2 is a game you should win if you're telling me we're going to have somewhat of an interesting season. And yeah. I feel and I yeah. feel like that game got that much harder. I do. I'm not even a big Baker Mayfield guy, and I think he's a bust. But how could you not think the game got more difficult today? You're going to have a guy with a chip on his shoulder at least early on in the year. He'll have the rest of the year to collapse. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's certainly an upgrade over Sam Darnold. I just I just don't like the team. And I think it's just you're going to pluck this guy from Cleveland. You're going to insert him into Carolina. Maybe McCaffrey. Who knows? This guy gets hurt all the time. He might not even be available week two. 
Um, it's it, it's it's tough, dude. I just I just don't think they're a very good team. It, it is a winnable game. Now, correct me if I'm wrong here. They play Cleveland in Week One, right? Yes. Is- so that'll be a very emotional game, right? So you're getting them like off two straight game. years. Carolina, right. two straight years, they do the quarterback revenge game. Donald beat the Jets in Week One last year, and right. now they get Baker with the Browns this year. Yeah, and listen, the I think this is a, a, such a key for the Giants here. If they're going to have any chances here, can they get off to a hot start? Can they get off to a good start? It feels like it's been forever. I mean, we're sitting there in October, and they're out of it already. And every summer, we sit here and go, listen, let, we're navigating the first four or five games. If they could just go two and two, if they could just go three and two, whatever. And they never do it. So they they dig themselves a hole every single year. That, game, that week one game is going to be very, very tough. Week two tougher now with Baker Mayfield. So we'll see. But um, yeah, I mean, look, anything over Sam Darnold, because I mean, it was, it's just, I mean, uh, only the Jets, right? He is just a pathetic quarterback. Now there are two other elements to this that I want to tackle here uh, immediately. And this, that is this part of this, Matt rules on the hot seat in Carolina. And it wasn't that long ago that giant fans couldn't believe that the giants wouldn't, you know, fly to go see Matt rule, bend over backwards to make sure he's their coach. And Matt rules basically been a failure. The Giants cycling through two years of Joe Judge in the same time Carolina is still kind of figuring out what's going on in that rule. I kind of think the Giants dodged one here. I don't think that rule is going to be that good an NFL coach, or at least on this first go around. And to the second part of that to back it up is if we are at this part and point next year, I don't want the Giants being Carolina at the quarterback position. What I mean by that is, you know, we've talked about and I know I've done it nauseam, CBS Sports Radio and BeckQL, and you guys will take a ton of calls on this as training camp gets going. The Daniel Jones aspect of this. Daniel Jones, the option wasn't picked up. He clearly has shown flashes but can't stay healthy and then runs into a rut too many times in these seasons. You should know by now if he's the guy. He, he hasn't shown enough to show that he's the guy. But, but I don't think the answer next year is, Hey, we have Tyrod Taylor bringing another guy like Sam Darnold or something like Carolina right now going, we have Darnold, we have Baker Mayfield. Let's battle it out. I don't want the giants being that team in a year. I really don't. They, if Daniel Jones absolutely sucks, it better be drafting a first rounder and not going through what Matt rule is trying to cling on. Like in my opinion, if I'm a Carolina Panther fan, I get the appeal of thinking maybe you fix Baker Mayfield. He was a first overall pick. But I think I just want to go back to the well and say, I'll suck this year with Darnold and get me to the top of the draft. I am very worried that next year the Giants find themselves in a spot where maybe they win enough games with Daniel Jones, don't think he's the answer, he gets hurt, whatever it is, and then they go into next year thinking we need Tyrod Taylor and something else because the coaches are desperate to win games. I don't want to be the team in no man's land with quarterbacks. And I'm worried that Brian Dable and company are going to be that next year. Yeah, you kind of stole my thunder there. I think like from the Carolinas' perspective, uh, when you're a Matt Rule of the front office, you're thinking, hey, the NFC's weak, right? T- there's more teams now, more playoff teams. So if I get a Baker Mayfield, it'll give me a better advantage. Maybe I seek in the playoffs, I could save my job. They're not thinking long-term. As a fan, you always think long-term because we are fans for life, but a coach may only have a two- or three-year window. Rule coming off a bad year. A lot of people were surprised he was even back. He's back. They Their thought process is, hey, we get Baker Mayfield. Let's make a run at this. The Giants cannot afford to be in quarterback purgatory where they got three or four mediocre quarterbacks and they're winning six games. Uh, so I'm, I'm with you on that. To me, Daniel Jones either shows you this year that he is the guy for the next eight to 10 years, or it's goodbye. And if you're going to say, well, what quarterback do you want? I don't care. Just get me a young quarterback in here with, well, that's with, the thing. with table. Draft. We could develop draft. and let's draft. draft. Right. Draft. Exactly. Draft. 
I, it's not, we're not Unless playing Patrick Mahomes the- becomes available and then we'll bring him right. in. I think we can live with that. And I understand that, that recently it's been much different, right? When yep. I won't even put Matt Ryan in the same, same folders. Although I, if I'm indie, it makes a lot of sense, but yeah, like Deshaun Watson, these are unique circumstances, but he asked for a trade before all the allegations and everything went down. Guys like that don't become available talent wise. Right. Russell Wilson. Right. Yeah. You go through this. That's not the norm. It is not. And the, and the wheel kind of spun this year. And the Giants weren't on it, right? Yeah. They didn't land on it. They didn't go after Wilson. They clearly didn't go after Watson. Don't next year force the wheel if it's Tua or if Kyler. I don't know why I said it's Tua like that, but if it's Tua, uh, I'm, I'm just giving you names of guys who could be dysfunctional. I mean, Kyler Murray, who knows the future of him. Yeah. Uh, you know, if he if he sinks or swims this year, Lamar Jackson still doesn't sign this extension in Baltimore. Those are all be like weird names that could come up. I'm just telling you, to me, I'm going back to the draft. Well, I don't want to be, you don't want to be the team with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold. I'm sorry. You don't no. want to be the team with Baker Mayfield and Sam Darnold and a coach desperate for wins over the long-term value of the franchise. And the Giants have had coach after coach after coach for two years. And I just hope that Brian Dable and ownership are both in a nice and Joe Shane are all in agreement here. Hey, we're seeing what we have in Daniel Jones, but he's not our guy, the new regime's guy. If it comes to next year, like, like let's just say the Giants win seven games and they show promise and ownership's like, oh, it's time to win. I don't want to hear that next year we're not going, we're not getting a quarterback in the draft. We're not trading up to get a quarterback in the draft because we have Tyrod Taylor. And that's what I'm worried about being the Carolina Panthers of this year. Well, and that's the thing too, Sean, where I think if the Giants are a seven-win team, if you're a Giant fan, that is the absolute worst-case scenario for this franchise. You'd rather have them win 10, 11, 12 games. Daniel Jones somehow turns it around, becomes this great quarterback, right? And now the future is promising. Or they go out and win two, three, four games. They get rid of Jones. They draft a quarterback. If Kyler Murray was available, I'd be interested. But let's just say they go out and draft a quarterback. That's different. If they're seven wins... And Jones plays good, and there's that problem. They could run it back, and I think Giant fans, that to me is the worst possible scenario going into the season. If they ran it back and under that scenario, it would be worst case, but I don't think they would under that. I think if they won seven or eight games and failed to make the playoffs, I don't know that I'm calling it worst case scenario like I would have in past years because I do like the element of finally building up a little bit of a winning culture, winning games you're not supposed to. Like the Saints under Sean Payton won a lot of games with Taysom Hill mm. and Jameis Winston, right? And uh, who Trev Simeon was on their team. If you establish enough with the other players, like, okay, wow, the offensive line's functional. The defense has gotten going with the pass rush. But the team and the front office is smart enough to know they still need to go out there and draft their guy. That's, that's to me, is best case scenario. You're, you're a team on the rise. And then the, the rookie quarterback, maybe it's not a wasted year. Maybe suddenly you're Mac Jones with the Patriots last year. It could set up where it's not the worst-case scenario, but do you trust the coach and the front office to not make it the worst-case scenario? Which now, I and I'll let you reboot, which brings me to, I think, a, another thought here on this whole thing. No, and, and I think that, uh, fortunately, I think the Giants and, uh, and the ownership and, and the fans – there, like we talked about, I, th- I think it was in episode one, uh, where there's a grace period. There, there, there's a honeymoon. The, the fans understand that they're in a weird position here, right? You have a new coach, you have a new GM, but you have the quarterback that they inherited, right? So there's that situation where this is not their guy. Yeah, they said all nice things about him early in the year. Bro, come on. They're not going to sit there and go, Daniel Jones. I mean, the proof was in the pudding here, when, right? So you They would have given him the extension. Correct. They would have given him the extension. So now, I, I will say, and I'm sorry to argue with that, I will say I still think 
the larger part on the Venn diagram of that is Daniel Jones never being healthy. I do believe that to them outweighs more than what they project or see on the field. I think there's a big part. He's never on the field. He's not. And, and part of that is his own fault because he's a little reckless. He's a little careless and right. he can learn ways. Obviously speed's a big part of his game, the ability to run the ball, but he sometimes takes too many unnecessary hits. And that, that's another thing that he could be coached to, to play a little differently. But yeah, I mean, I just, I think that they're on a situation where they are inheriting the quarterback. So they're, they may not be after one year, be like, Oh boy, if I don't do something here, I could be out. And Mara, you know, in theory has shown patience over the years. And he in some ways wanted to show patience, I think, with, with Joe Judge, but sort of was forced his hand, whatever. We could disagree on that. I know we did. Um, but yeah, I, I think I don't think the Giants would put themselves in a position where they feel like, oh my God, if we don't win in year two of this regime, you know, we're both going to be out of here. And this will bring me to our closing arguments, if you will, on the <laughs> Baker Mayfield episode of One Giant Step. I've thought long and hard on this for a couple hours, and I thought about whether to even bring this up on the podcast since I knew we were going to be doing it today since the news of Baker Mayfield broke, but I'm going to bring it up anyway. Two things that come out of my mouth are about to be true, Mm -hmm. and there is no need to argue them. But some in our Twitter, at Tommy Lugar and at Mraz CBS certainly will, and that is these following sentences. Saquon Barkley is probably the best player out of the top three in the 2018 NFL draft. Fact. Saquon Barkley (laughs) is still a major mistake of a draft pick by the Giants, and just because what went before him and went after him have both been busts that have ended up on other teams doesn't justify that they should have taken him. And if your argument back is, well, who would they have ended up with? What if they ended up with Sam Darnold? Then that would have been a mistake pick. Don't rely on other teams mistaking their own scouting and giving you a pass because you know who else doesn't stink? Bradley Chubb, pass rusher for the Broncos. You know who else doesn't stink? Quentin Nelson, the offensive lineman for the Colts. You know who else doesn't stink? And don't tell me they would have never taken him. That doesn't make any sense. Josh Allen on the Bills, who, by the way, Joe Shane was a part of drafting. Mm-hmm. Other teams have shown you they were better at evaluating that draft just because the Jets and Browns whiffed doesn't mean the Giants didn't also whiff because their guy doesn't suck as bad as the other two guys that have now joined forces in Carolina. And I think that is still very important. And I know this is a major turnoff to fans who don't want to hear more Saquon Barkley draft talk, but come on, it's relevant now when the two other guys that were picked before him and after him are now joined forces as combined busts in Carolina. Look, it, it really comes down to the simple. You don't, especially in this day and age, take a running back there. That's plain and simple. Even if the guy ended up being Adrian Peterson or this great 10, 15 year, probably not 15 as a running back, but this great eight, eight to 10 year career Hall of Famer, you still don't take a running back there because there are so many running backs that, that, that produce and do very well that you can grab second, third, fourth round off the scrap heap. So it's just, you have a value commodity now. There are so many busts in the top five, top 10. We see it all the time. That doesn't excuse the fact that that is, that is liquid gold. That is a prime spot. You stunk all year for that pick, and then you spend it on a running back. That was one of those ones where we watched him at Penn State. We weren't going to deny Saquon Barkley's ability. There were people that said, well, he's a home run hitter. You know, sometimes his running, uh, his uh, stat sheet looks like the, uh, you know, leaderboard at the Masters, right? Minus three, minus two, minus one. But then he pops the big 80-yard run, and then you look up and you go, wow, 160 yards rushing, but it was on three runs. So there were people that were, like, saying that stuff. That Take that aside. You don't select the running back. That's bottom line. I don't care if the guy before him. I don't care about the guy after him. I don't care about the next 30 picks stunk. 
You don't take a running back there. You know, I was like Al Davis. He would t- if, if a receiver could run a really fast 40, he would take him in the top 10, and every year is a bust. And every year you're like, why are you taking a receiver here? Same thing there. It was not – it was the it was the position, not the player. And then when the player ended up not being good as or as good as he should have been at that spot, it makes it even worse. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And it, it's going to be a conversation that comes up, and I – there still is the Saquon cult of Giant fans. He is a li- he's a likable guy, and every once right. in a while he'll break a long run. We're like, hey, let's go. And I own a Saquon jersey, and believe me, you could cheer for the guy to rip off a long run and still acknowledge that this was a mistake pick, and he just was – he's never – was never going to live up to that billing. But today, when when Baker Mayfield officially gets traded, and he ironically joins forces with Sam Darnold. I know. It's not a, it is not a day for a victory lap for Saquon defenders and saying, see, we made the right pick. What were we supposed to do? Baker went ahead of him. Darnold went after him. They ended up with each other. Uh, that, that doesn't make sense. By the way, Carolina can have Saquon. You might as well complete the trio of at course. that point. Yeah. Uh, and think about, and, and for all those that say, well, what happened if the Giants took Darnold? With all due respect, I know as Giant fans, we like to, you know, give our Jet fan friends noogies and everything that goes with yeah. it. And Zach Wilson could suck. Zach Wilson could very well be good. But tell me right now at the quarterback position, you wouldn't have rather been the Jets who have already turned over the leaf. And at least their fans have this belief that maybe now they have the guy. Now the Jets never have the guy. And that's a different no. story. Literally, But never. at least, but if the Giants had Sam Darnold, we're at least in a scenario right now where we are looking forward to something else new already. And it feels like we're a year away from that. So that's another part of the Saquon Barkley trade. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I just think that with the Daniel Jones thing, it's tough, dude, because it's like injuries, all that stuff. But you see flashes. You you, see flashes that tease you enough that makes you feel like, damn, this could have been something, could be something, but ah. Fine. Maybe at his best, he's maybe, maybe middle-of-the-road quarterback, in in my opinion. He's certainly not Mahomes and Rodgers, for sure. Right. It's just, I think we're just kind of sick of hearing the name. We're sick of seeing them. And we're ready as a fan base. I would imagine overwhelming majority of Giant fans are just ready to move on from Daniel Jones. If he doesn't get hurt this year, it's not going to be this year. Obviously, if he goes down with an injury, he's gone. But we're going to have to sit through another year here. Right. But yeah, it's just but that you want time, that promising uh, player at quarterback. And right now they don't have that. At the same time, I do think that this is a fan base that will fully embrace if he goes off this year and puts up top five. Oh, of course, oh, of you course, hundred percent. Yeah, no, of course, because I, of course. because he's not deeming, he's not unlikable, right? Like Daniel Jones is extremely. No, he's like paint drying. I mean, he's like a boring dude. I mean, he's just right. like he's and just everything you hear stuff. from players and stuff, you don't hear like the like in Arizona, you hear Kyler Murray immaturity stuff. Zach Wilson, um, frankly, there was some right. signs like they loved Mike White. Right. They just do a parade for the guy, and right. it was almost telling. Like, do they not like Zach Wilson? Like, on guys that that have played on on good teams or been around the league that have come to the Giants, right. Daniel Jones, like, you here's the thing: you don't have to knock him, but you could also basically not say anything. It's like people go out of his way to be like, "Yeah, you wouldn't believe how hard a worker Daniel, this, that, and the other." So Daniel Jones is seemingly likable. It's just incredibly frustrating, and I think overall, and I, I feel this way too. Look. We should have our our sights higher. You shouldn't just be like, yeah, it's fine. We got the 15th best quarterback. You should want, of you know, a top 10. You should want that guy. We were spoiled with Eli. We probably didn't appreciate him enough. But, yeah, I, I don't want to be in Baker Mayfield land. I don't want to in whoever that version of Baker Mayfield is. Maybe it is Tyrod Taylor on our team. I don't want to be that team in 2023. But first, we got to get through 2022. And, like, you love it, Lou Gower. I love hitting a post. I think we're going to wrap up episode three now. You're a consummate pro, Sean. I'm a consummate pro. You can follow Tommy Lugauer at Tommy Lugauer. You can follow me at Mraz CBS.
July keeps ticking. Take one giant step with us. Thank you for listening to that corny line and this great (laughs) podcast. And keep downloading it everywhere. Podcasts are available.